I'm Andrew Haynes, and this is the Fair Game Podcast, the place where we talk about all things golf. Happy December, folks. 2022 has been a pretty good year. We got to play lots of golf in our neck of the woods, as well as a few international rounds. One of us even got his fourth hole-in-one at his home course. We'll unpack that in a second. In addition to that, we launched the Fair Game app, golf's first digital clubhouse. Seeing so many people connecting in the app and playing live rounds all over the country is a pretty cool feeling. Be sure to download it in the App Store or on Google Play if you haven't. For this episode, we have all three Fair Game founders, Adam Scott, Ben Clymer, and Eric Mayville, back on the podcast for a fun discussion on a variety of topics, including the origin story behind the creation of this very company. Let's get started. So it's been a while since you, you guys have all been in the pod. This is awesome. I feel like it was right when I started was the last time we were all together, which is cool. Uh, ages ago, right? It's been a fun year. Adam, it's been a fun year on the tour. Maybe you start with giving us a quick recap of the season. You know, favorite courses, favorite tournaments. Obviously, there was some really awesome stuff. BMW, the Tour Championship, you know, the Open. Uh, yeah, maybe let's just recap, you know, the past couple months of, of golf. Yeah, I mean, it's that it felt like a lot. It felt like I played a lot. And there was a lot going on in professional golf this year. As far as the highlights for me, I mean, I've talked about it a lot. Riviera is always my favorite course on the PGA Tour. But then we had the 150th Open at St. Andrews this year. I mean, I think I think it's the pinnacle of certainly the year, but it could be of golf. <laughs> And uh, that was fantastic. That was great. You were there, Andrew. Yeah. You got to see what that was all about. It's an awesome town and an unbelievable atmosphere at that event. I was going well for about 63 holes and then <coughs> stumbled across the line, the back nine. The complete opposite of Cam Smith, who charged home in 30. That was what I would have liked to do. That was definitely the highlight. Uh of the year as far as you know atmosphere and event and everything i think the bmw championship in at wentworth unfortunately was cut to three days this year as the queen passed away but i've played it the last two years and i've played it 20 years ago as well a lot and uh it's a really fantastic event it's a great vibe there it's a great course everyone comes out and supports it like a major championship and that was one event later in the year that I was really excited about. I guess the one other one that was exciting was the President's Cup, too. That was a great event in Charlotte. Big atmosphere. I was on the underdog team, and uh, we kind of got trounced the first couple of days and then then showed a bit of backbone and, and hung in there. But, it, you know, there's lots. I could go on, but I think those, those three are pretty good collection of different events different places and um it was a lot of fun a lot of fun at the end of the year certainly and you picked up a good w against a uh sleepy hollow uh westchester new york native cam cam young who had a That's great right. year so well done yeah. kudos on that <laughs> i told Dan well he's had an uh, he's had an unbelievable year um but yeah uh, the at that point in the President's Cup, it was it was desperate times for the internationals and a win had to come. Great job. Uh, you didn't mention the bunker shot at 
the BMW Championship, the one here. So the whole out. Oh, that BMW. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can we talk a little bit about yeah. that? This is partly just for educational purposes for my own bunker game. So, <laughs> so what what's running through your head when you were in that bunker? You see the pin. Like what? Like walk us through what you were thinking. It comes. A, this is going to come across probably the wrong way, but I, I don't know that there was anything really for me to lose. Uh, I started the week outside of the Tour Championship, and I was just kind of playing for survival so uh it came down to the wire and i got on that 18th hole and i knew pretty much i i i needed not to bogey it <laughs> a birdie would have been great but don't bogey it and i would have been a chance to make it to atlanta i think i got a little unlucky on the drive and it finished in a horrible place so i then hit a an okay shot but that didn't finish in a very good place either and i had a 30 yard bunker shot up up a severe tier in the green to a back right pin and after surveying it you know we the pros we walk up there and have a look and you know we're trying to compose ourselves it's generally such a hard shot that if i think if i overthought it i wouldn't have hit a good shot so i just after looking at what was out there i got back to the bag I pulled a club, which was actually my 54 degree uh, sand wedge, um, just for just to get the length easily, less loft, get a bit of length, and uh, not have to hit it so perfect. A little margin in there for me, and just kind of walked in there. And before I walked in there, said, "Right, just take one look and have a swing." And you know, your instinct is going to have to do this. <laughs> There's so much luck involved in striking the sand correctly and all that, and it was just kind of an instinct swing, and it landed just on top of the tier and trickled down to a foot, which I was very, very happy about. And uh, Shane Lowry wasn't because that knocked him <laughs> out of the tour championship. <laughs> I know you're looking for a tip, and I will say Adam gave me a tip once we played, and I was finding myself in bunkers with those types of shots, and I said, what do I do here? And Brad was with you, and you say, just, just don't hit it in there. Don't hit it in there from 30 to 40 yards. <laughs> Way easier. That's a good tip too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think when you go uh with with a long bunker shot, I mean it, don't take the lob wedge in there. You know, it's really hard to hit a lob wedge a long way out of a bunker. Um, you know, there's likely it's going to be fat and the other option is a blade you know 80 yards across the green so bad options yes. get in there and use a wedge and and take a normal swing and it kind of the, the old professional chunk and run usually works mm -hmm. on a 30 yarder yeah i like that noted I, i'm, I'm make, making mental notes obviously i have this recorded so i can always come back right. to this. so <laughs> awesome no that's great because yeah that was un unbelievable that was a great shot it was it was a great momentum uh starter i feel like for you that for the rest of the season have you guys played any travel golf this year? I know you went to Cyprus this year, right, Ben? I played or Cyprus Eric. this year for the first time. Uh, hands down, my favorite golf experience I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Uh, Pebble, LACC, Double Eagle, Ohio. Uh, Double Eagles, uh, I feel like, under the radar. But Cyprus, again, we can go back to that. that is, it's got to be one of your favorite courses, I assume, Adam. Cyprus is my favorite. I, uh, I generally say Cyprus is my favorite. Yeah. It's just, but uh, the holes yeah, before you, you can't. get to the water, just absolutely perfect. The whole flow, the the way they treat you when you get there, just just great. That's amazing. 
yeah, the, ov- the I think it's the overall experience. I mean, some people like some courses and not others. Even even these famous great ones, you know, some people don't like one. But uh, I think it's the whole experience. I mean, the setting at uh, on the Monterey Peninsula is pretty spectacular. Yeah, that's epic. No, it's interesting because so golf dot com just released their top one hundred rating, and Cypress is not number one. Pine Valley, Pine Valley, is Pine Valley always, always gets that number one. Always? Look. Yeah. yeah, Pine Valley yeah. gets the nod always. Yeah, yeah. Has pretty anyone good. played there? Or no? <laughs> it's pretty good there? too. Someone yeah. tells me Adam has played there. Have you played Pine Valley, Adam? Give us the quick little breakdown. I have, I have. Um, it's a weird one, you know. So I, I as a kid, I grew up reading Golf Digest top 100 every year when they released it and i was a kid in australia and the united states seemed so far away and this place pine valley that you could barely get a photograph of in the 80s and 90s i guess uh was always number one and i got to see the masters and augusta didn't get the rating you see pebble beach and it didn't get the number one so this place was like this mythical beast that (laughs) I don't know. I built it up so much in my head, and I got to play there. I think in 2013, and uh, it is fantastic. But it is still also a golf course. <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's something that course, I've yeah. never seen before. Yeah. It is really fantastic fun, but it's a tough. It's a tough, tough track. It's it's right there. I mean, again, it's somewhat personal preference of kind of what you like and. Um, it's it was great. I actually my my brag about Pine Valley was I shot twenty nine on the back. Wow, Jeez, that's, <laughs> okay, yeah. that is real. Yeah. <laughs> it took me nine to warm up that day, Eric. So okay, good. <laughs> you know, I'm You're right human. with you. Yeah. Yeah. You had a you went to Bandon this year though. I did for the first time. Yeah, I went to yeah. Bandon Dunes this year. Uh, definitely the best golf experience I've had as a as an adult. For Lots sure. of golf. Lots of golf, uh, five rounds in four days or something like that. And uh, yeah, just it's it's the place. I can't say it's, enough good things about it. It's where we all have to go, right? Everyone says that you yeah. have to no, go. It's really, golf. I mean, you know, we booked it 18 months before we went there. We went in June, which is like, an, I would say, a, an optimal month. A lot of people we know go in like November and February and stuff like that, which you can do. Um, but it was just a delight. And like we, we put one day in pouring rain and like it was kind of like part of the, we loved it. It was part of the experience. The food is like, I would say, bad. Not even mediocre, like the food is bad, and there's not even a lot of it. Uh, but you just don't care. Uh, and you know, like the the we we had like a cabin, which was basically just like a dorm room, you know, like with like wires hanging out of the wall and all that. But like you just you just don't care because everything else is so good about it. That's awesome. Hold on, I'm pulling up Ben's rounds in the fair game app. Let's go back to let's go back to. Bandit. I think he went pretty low, pretty low one day. He went there, really. There was, low. I, I started to play well that 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 weekend. Uh, or that week rather Ben Ben and dudes I mean all of the abandoned facilities like they're not they're, they're difficult but they're not that hard like you're not going to lose any balls unless you put it into the ocean and I, I didn't right. uh, thankfully uh, so yeah I, I played the first day I was figuring it out but the, the last four I did okay fantastic all right so I'm in the fair game map I've gone back to Tuesday August 9th mm-hmm. Ben had an eagle oh this is right right after launch which is pretty awesome so to be fair I actually went in June but didn't didn't enter them until later uh, uh, because of you know so yeah. I went in June, but yes. Noted. So yeah, so Ben got an eagle on a par four. On a par four. Let's that go felt back good. To, let's go to the recap. In the Hopefully. pouring rain, no less. That felt good. Like that. Yeah. Big hole, long downhill. No, uh, it was it was a short par four. It was just a drive and then a wedge right in and just dunk right in. Easy. Just yeah, the best. golf's easy. Golf's Thir- like, so easy when you do that. <laughs> 13, just super easy. That's yeah. Everyone's holding shots. Andrew, I'm waiting for your hole out story. I know. You know I, I have some shots. serious work to do in the off season. <laughs> Eric. I got to get it together. <laughs> 
you and I need to get uh, back to the range and work it out. Yes. So we haul a few out. Seriously, this is great. Um, so speaking of fair game, uh, it's been a really fun year. I'd love to hear, because I don't know it, just the overall, the origin story of you guys getting together. All I remember is being at the US Open and Adam walked up to me and said, hey, Andrew, like, you know, big fan of your work. And I, f- I basically freaked out. Right. Because one, one, it was Adam Scott. And yeah. then two, he knew my name. And I thought that was fucking weird. Yeah. So I'd love to hear like how you guys got together and came sure. up with this idea of making this awesome app that we all use. Yeah, sure. I, I think in a weird way, like it's a lot of this begins with actually another podcast, which was a Hoodinky radio episode that, that Adam and I did probably four plus, maybe five years ago. I'd have to check maybe 2018, something like that. And it was the day that I first played golf with Adam Scott, which was, you know, certainly a terrifying day in my, in my <laughs> life. Cause at the time, like I wasn't, I wasn't really playing golf at all. Like I, you know, I, I liked it and I played in high school, but really during the Houdinki years and when I was growing the business, like I just didn't have time to play. And then when Adam and I became friendly and he invited me to play at, at winged foot, no less. And I was like, okay, I can't, I can't embarrass myself here. I have to, I have to like put, you know, put something together here. So for like the month leading up to that, I would like go out and practice and like really try to, to get into it. We played Wingfoot and I, I don't think I embarrassed myself. At least I don't remember it that way. No. You can tell me otherwise. Far from it. Okay. We, we won the match from memory match. that day. We did yeah. win the match that so day. Uh, far from embarrassing. Um, and so I just, I, I, you know, playing with Adam is a treat anytime, but you know, that day I just like kind of like fell back in love with the game. So we did a podcast together and I just became hooked after that day. And then I started to get tried to get really back into it. And unfortunately for me, I can't play wing foot with a master's winner every day of the week. So I hit up my other friend, Eric, who, you know, Eric and I used to work together, you know, 10 plus years ago on, and, you know, in several different ways. And he was probably my best friend that was really into golf in the New York area. And I was just like, Hey man, like, how do you do this? Like, how do you get, like, how do you get into good courses? Like, how do you, how do you get good? You know, how do you like balance a life with, with a job and you had a child, et cetera. Uh, and he was like, you know, like, frankly, you know, if you can join a, a private club or whatever. And I joined a course in upstate New York called Wakabuck, which is this lovely little like kind of family course. And that allowed me to get back into it. But I thought about like, man, like if you don't have the time, the money, the resources, the, the friends like, like Eric or Adam to get you out to a private course at all or any golf course at all, like, how do you, how do you do it? And it just, it felt really challenging and like, you know, really, really difficult. And again, of somebody with some friends and, you know, a little bit of money here and there and some time, like if it's that hard for me, what must it be like for other people? And I think for me, that was kind of the catalyst from on my side to think about a, a digital tool to, to kind of make that better. And I was playing a lot of golf, as you said, which was, you know, it was part therapy, part health, part um, just obsession. And I played a lot of different games, which growing up playing stroke play only, as a middle school golfer, high school golfer on the teams, I didn't realize that you could play all these different fun games because the scoring was always seemed so complicated to me. And I wanted to figure out a way to make that easier um, while integrating it into the, some of the concepts that Ben just mentioned. Um, and also, you know, I like to wager something on the course. Just to, it doesn't matter if it's a dollar or the beer <laughs> afterwards. I just want to make sure that I'm playing for something. Yeah. Um, each hole and, you know, coming from a product design background, knowing Ben, getting to meet Adam, uh, was kind of like the perfect, I think, combination. Adam's perspective was, I think you had just left Australia to come over on a U.S. like run of courses and you didn't know what your buddies were doing on the course or what they were doing back home. No easy way to keep up with them. Um, and I was like, there is no easy way for us to keep up with our friends. I have a bunch of friends in Ohio that I just, they play golf all the time and I can't chirp them. Unless, I couldn't chirp them before Fair Game existed. I couldn't mm-hmm. keep up with them. And, um, you know, that was something that was, I think a huge opportunity for us to tackle. 
Yeah, from my my point of view, it was um, you know being deep inside the game of golf. It was interesting uh, becoming friends with Ben and and seeing him get kind of hooked and hearing what he had to say about his journey back into the game of golf, like from high school time. Uh, and you know, really, it's been my passion forever, and I felt like there was there's an area where we can maybe break down some of the stigmas, help people get into it and enjoy any part of the game they can because there's so much good that it offers. And uh, it was really just kind of before COVID that we said, maybe maybe we should do a fun little project and uh, it kind of escalated. And certainly... Um, As things tend to I do. Thought it, I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it... I thought the really interesting thing from my side was I was really deep into the game and um, the establishment and everything like that. And Ben and Eric offered a really different viewpoint to this. And I've been super conscious the whole time not to be Mr. Know-it-all <laughs> at all and and hear what the issue is, like, outside in the game. You know, it's, it's all good from where I sit, but... Uh, you know, I think that dynamic, the three of us had three different main points to add into this app. And, um, you know, mine was definitely more of the social thing. I want to I be in touch with my golfing friends all over the world. And I, I want to see what's going on. And I want to stimulate people's thought into golf so that, you know, if I tee off and Ben's in the office, he's thinking about playing this Saturday and he makes sure he does, you know, get him back out way. there or whoever it is <laughs> and this kind of stuff. So, um you know, it started in a really fun place and we've chipped away for a few years and we're all really excited, I think, when, when we launched this year. Yeah, and I, I think from, from my vantage point, having done something not similar, but, you know, in a, in a, in a related, you know, kind of, I, I wouldn't say related industry, but in an in a, in a industry that feels similar in that, like, dominated, frankly, by rich white guys that, you know, kind of live in, I don't want to say a bubble, and I'm not saying that that golf suffers from that, but I think, like, the, there's real barriers to entry in this space. And Andrew and I were chatting about your time in Japan just before we, we got on here, and he's like, yeah, like, we went into the Audemars Piguet boutique, which is a watch brand, and, and we were told that there wasn't anything there. And, like, that remains true globally in, in my other industry, the watch industry. And, like, what a shitty experience that is for anybody. And I think that is similar to to the golf space. And I was lucky in that like Wakabuck welcomed me in and I was able to to find some other friends at other clubs. But like it's not the most welcoming thing. And if you don't find that one guy or gal that's willing to kind of like endorse you and become your sponsor or whatever to get into a private club, if you even want to join a private club, you're kind of left in the lurch. You're left on the outside. And so the idea, as, as Adam mentioned, of like connecting people socially via digital tools, a beautiful digital tool, if I may say, credit to, to Andrew there, um, it is really just like this makes sense. Like, and I, I there's a lot of, uh, you know, I shouldn't say a lot. There's there's some folks that work for me at Houdinki that are younger, you know, in their late 20s, early 30s that want to play golf. They just don't know how to connect with other people that are economically, you know, kind of connected, if that makes any sense. Like, you know, same kind of financial background, uh, same time commitments, like they have nine to five jobs that like most people can't play on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, you know, so they're, they're just like they're struggling to find the right people to play with and the right times to play. And we think Fair Game can, can solve a lot of that. Plus, do do all the social stuff that Adam just mentioned, which is super fun, which is like, you know, I've, I've been working a lot these days and like seeing my friends go out there and play uh, and being able to comment on the rounds is, is just amazingly fun. Yeah, I will say the the notifications get me every time when I see someone's <laughs> playing. 
I'm like, shit, I got to get out there. Oh, yeah. The FOMO is real. The no, FOMO is real. The minute that you see, I love opening it up. It's one of my new like habits. I've deleted a couple of the other social apps just because I would rather open this up, see where people are playing. Uh, you know, there's there's been a few hole in ones this past week that weren't mine, which is great to celebrate. There's people that are, you know, they're shooting 140 uh, on an 18 hole course, but they don't care. They're don't putting care. A, a really nice photo of a course I'd never heard of. Um, it's just a really, you know, something that didn't exist for me before. You know, I you don't open up any other app and get that kind of experience, maybe with Instagram, like here and there. But this is truly a place where golfers can be golfers. And, um, you know. It's safe, it's welcoming, and it's exciting, and it does you right. Every time I see somebody else teeing off, I'm like, why Why am I not teeing off right yeah. now? And I think I think the goal is just that. It's like get more people out there, get more people to fall in love with it. Like there's so many people that like like the idea of golf, but they don't love it because they're not in it. I think this app can really do that. And I think similarly, like with the the content Swing Thoughts, which Adam, you know, you, you've hosted, uh, you know, with the likes of Freddie Couples and John Buscemi and Kelly Slater and, and me, um, you know, it's like th- this is a way to just like remind people that like golf isn't what what a lot of people think it is, which is just kind of like this rich man's game or a way to, to avoid your wife and kids for eight hours a day, which you can do. No, no doubt. <laughs> to be clear, but that's not the goal here for sure. And I think like showing the fact that like Kelly Slater, who's just like an objectively awesome person and successful person loves the game and that much with that much passion. It just, it's super connective. It just makes you feel good about things. Yeah. That's awesome. Can we transition to talk about some gear for a bit? Sure. Sure. Some of us uh, have some new clubs in the bag. Uh, we do. I don't oh, yeah. change my clubs as often as I think I should, but I did finally go get fitted for a new driver. Yeah. The TSR3. Tell us about it. It's changed. It's the single piece of equipment other than maybe a putter here and there that I got as a gift from somebody else on this podcast. Thank you, Adam. That's like <laughs> dramatically changed my game. So it added eight miles an hour ball speed. Um, wow. Which. Whoa. Which really, I mean, I, I added a little bit of a heavier shaft, but the dispersion is, you know, let's call it a 20 yard wide dispersion, which compared to my TS2, which I was playing pretty old, um, was much, much more wild off the tee. This thing is amazing. You can swing as hard as you want. It just goes long and straight and Tylus didn't pay, for, pay me for this, but I've been trying to get everybody to try to hit one. I was actually a little um, mm. jealous. I'm because, calling tight list right now. Yeah, give him a ring. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I wasn't the only one. I've got a good friend of mine, um, Zach, who you've played with. Zach Sachs also got a TSR3. Guy's got probably 117 mile an hour swing. He added five miles an hour in ball speed, which wow. for him at one, I think he was probably 170-ish ball speed to 175 for an amateur. Okay. Like, wow. Wild. That's a lot. And so, and we he we didn't see this or anything else. So, I can't. I get excited to hit my driver now. I used to not get excited to hit my driver. I used to just say, "All right, how can I just cut this into the fairway, two hundred and forty yards down there?" Now it's like, "How can I bomb this bombs up there near the green?" Wow. So I'm hitting my wedges. <laughs> what What are we talking weight wise with the shaft here? I went with. I, so I uh, added ten grams of weight to the shaft. So seventy gram shaft, uh, hazardous smoke. But I again, I'm as much as a gear nerd as I am. Uh, I'm not that super dialed in i just know that it went farther than the other ones and so <laughs> that's kind of all that matters <laughs> that's all I, that's it. I, it, again it felt immediately the first hit and i had tried to hit a few others uh you know not to disparage any names i tried to hit the stealth it was like knuckleballs for me this thing it just, was like it just pure magic 
every single time. That's mm-hmm. exciting. Ben, wait, did you get a new driver as well, Ben? Yeah, I got a TSR as well, TSR2. Uh, I didn't have the same immediate uptick that, that Mr. Mayville did, but I've definitely gained probably 10, 15 on a, on a good, on like a perfect swing, wow. definitely, probably 20, 30. Uh, but what it does do, it gives you the confidence to swing a lot harder. Um, so, you know, again, I'm it's a TSR 2, to be clear. This guy mm-hmm. got a TSR 3. Uh, I actually went for a lighter shaft. I don't know why. This is just what they told me. I yeah, know yeah. nothing about golf equipment, <laughs> but they were like, try this. And I said, okay. And it was only $700. Like, you know, why not? You know? <laughs> exactly. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, no, I'm, I'm really pleased with it. But I think more than anything, as Eric said, like, I'm excited to hit driver. And I'm just down to fucking whale on it, which before I was like, let's just keep it in play and get it out there and kind of go, you know, we'll figure out the rest of the hole later. Uh, and now I, I feel comfortable really going for it. Strong. That's fantastic. Wow. Look, I, as much as as much as you know, it's about getting it around in a good score. I mean, if you can't whale on the driver, then <laughs> what do you mean? It doing? can get a little boring. Yeah, <laughs> you got to swing hard. You got to might as well hit a four iron every time. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's awesome. That sounds awesome. I'm definitely going to have to go testing. I think this off season. I know. I need. I need to hit that driver as well. I mean, I feel like the biggest thing that I changed this year for me was my putting stroke. I have the, I'm a claw guy now. I, I think I was there. We were there happened. the day yeah. that the claw yeah, was yeah. born for your practice was Elliot Hudson. Yeah, I was yeah. just doing it and I was like, this feels good. The ball is rolling really nicely end over end. It's, it's nice. Yeah. Well, you spent a little time around the putting green on tour this year, Andrew. So, you know, I know, I know you were busy working, but there must have been some observing. So was there a guy out there clawing it that kind of convinced you to go this way? Uh, Hmm. I don't remember exactly how I picked it up. That's a good I question. Was exactly it? How. I think it might have been Tommy Fleetwood. Who was well, it? Well, Tommy Fleetwood does it, but we were sitting there between meetings on a practice screen. Yeah. And I, I had, I said, why don't you just try the claw? Oh, and yes, you, you're right. You, you made the first one, which was maybe a 14, 15 footer, and I don't think you stopped. Yeah. So it's Coach Eric. <laughs> Coach Eric. <laughs> I, I said, look, when I'm when I've got either the jitters or whatever, I just go back to the. I just use the claw for a few holes. But Tommy Fleetwood is for sure the one I think of with the claw. Yeah. I feel like after you told me that I was on the putting green, you left. I stayed there for a while, just like <laughs> hanging out. And then I feel like I looked at a lot of guys how they because there are different ways that people will claw Mm -hmm. some are more kind of like towards the thumb so i kind of found the grip that because i have massive hands Mm -hmm. so then i had to change the grip of my putter and get the (laughs) the actual like claw one i I went deep so anyways (laughs) but yeah so speaking of tommy fleetwood i actually have a tommy fleetwood story tell us so i hosted this thing with tommy and and myself earlier this year with at the the hype golf clubhouse or whatever mm-hmm. and he's like there was like a simulator there and it was like 130 yards and tommy's like oh hit my clubs and i was like ah, i don't like you know i don't want to fuck up your like perfect little blades or whatever and he's like i insist like hit, hit my clubs <laughs> and i was like okay like 130 what what would i hit like in in my my bag which i play callaway apex i'd hit a pitching wedge probably and i was like okay like i'll probably i'll try like a nine iron because these are blades and pro you know these are pro setups and all that so <laughs> so i hit his his nine iron to hit it 130. I don't think I made it two thirds of the way there. Like I really don't think I made it two thirds of the way. It wasn't a particularly great shot, but I really did not get two thirds of the way there. And he's like, just try to take another club. It took me. Uh, granted, this is on a simulator, not a real life. It took me a seven iron to, to get, get to, to get to 130. And again, I wasn't warm. Like this was stupid. I was like wearing a jacket and tie, basically. But like hitting Tommy Fleetwood's seven iron to get to 130 showed me how different pros clubs are versus what what I'm using every single day. It's wild. And your new clubs look. So good, those irons. I gotta try to hit yeah, one of those. Been, they've been going good. They've been going really good. They arrived 
uh, you were there. They arrived mm-hmm. like Monday of the memorial, and I just they looked so good. I had to take them to the range that afternoon, and they were out on the course on Tuesday practice round, and they've been in the bag ever since. So that's been nice. You know, that's been my big, I guess, addition to the bag this year was kind of getting a custom set of blades made mm-hmm. up, which was pretty nice when that works out. I look forward to trying to hit a 120-yard 7-iron with them. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Well, speaking of that, they're made by uh, Mura while we're on the gear. And Andrew and I probably probably make Ben a little jealous, but uh, anyone else should be jealous too. Andrew and I visited the Mura factory a couple weeks back in Japan, and it was awesome. We got got into like the the, um, forging foundry where it all begins it it was wild to see the whole process it was really i mean it was really great to see yeah it was amazing i've never seen a club get made in person before yeah but just seeing the attention to detail those guys put into it's it's next level and they're making everything by hand right there everything is hand finished in there yeah and the family is still is it the the father that checks it off now like Make sure it's, yeah. it's perfect. It's just like uh, Patek Wait. Philippe, you know, like Jerry Stern at Patek Philippe, like listens to every minute repeater before it goes out out the door. So they so say, "Why?" Wow. That's what they say. Really? Yeah, yeah. Pretty pretty much, it goes down the line, and uh, and Mister Mura is kind of the last man on the line. And uh, we met his two sons uh, in there who work in there as well. It was it was really quite an experience. There was a lot of goodies in there, and we didn't have enough time to hit yeah. around with with them all but uh there was you know some of the older stuff too was very cool to see yeah yeah it was epic i'm very big on japan i have to go back oh for the for the real golf equipment nerds like the japan only stuff that we never see in the states or australia or anywhere the japan only wedges are definitely worth scouring the internet for i would (laughs) i would be keeping an eye out for them if you can get your hands on them they're worth a try japan only mirror wedges is that what you're saying Yeah. Interesting. Oh, well, it sounds yeah. like we got to go yeah, back. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, as know you that. know, I played Mirror Wedges yeah. and have for three or four years, so that sounds intoxicating. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> better get back. <laughs> I'm waiting for my uh, package of Japan-only Mirror Wedges <laughs> to arrive to test this off-season. You know, Adam, it just was my birthday. I'm just saying. If you happen to have any later, <laughs> yeah. work out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was a fun trip. Yeah. That was a really fun trip. Andrew and I, uh, we were over there pretty much two weeks. Uh, a week yeah. in Tokyo and then a week in Kobe, and uh, we hit a lot of. We did a lot of stuff. We were we were on the go. We ate well, and um, and Very there was well. some good golf in there as well. Andrew, you hit yeah. Andrew hit a couple ranges over there. Yeah, hit some cool ranges, which are the kind of famous. Is... I mean, Japan ranges yeah. are famous. That's the that's the point of it. Yeah, Triple deckers, all that stuff, and they're packed. Apparently, I didn't realize that in Asia. There are people that just go to the range and and that's their golf experience. They never really go to a course because obviously access and cost is a is a massive factor. So some people just go do the range thing and that's the golf for them and that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. There's like grandmas and just everybody's grandpas too. Yeah. I saw yeah, a couple great. grandpas. Okay. Yeah. How's the uh, and the uh, is simulator big there too? Simulator golf? There yeah. were some in the city. Sim golf. Yeah. Yeah, in the city for sure. We saw we saw a couple uh city golf kind of things going on and uh but the golf stores are pretty fun over there as well whether it's yes. at the range or in town they got all kinds of stuff we never see 
There's like cool stuff, like the design approach is different. There's like weird clothing. There's gold clubs in the back. Yeah, there's just yeah stuff that you just <laughs> that would never make it over here, and I don't know why. It's I mean that's it's true with watches, with fashion, with I mean like the the porter bag I have in the other room is like available only in Japan. Like you know they just they just like to keep stuff for themselves, which I appreciate. Speaking of porter, I did see I had to just practice restraint. There was a porter Mizuno collab bag. Oh my god. It like was, golf bag? Yeah. Out, it was it's it was kind of ridiculous. It was like, you know, metal framework, like, you know, matte aluminum, and then yeah. it had like a porter bag inside. Yeah. It was like twelve hundred dollars. And I was Worth like, it. I'll take two. I don't yeah. need this. Yeah. The bigger thing was like, how, <laughs> how, how am I gonna get this home? Right. There's that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Japan was great. Lots of ramen, highballs are yeah. great. Yeah. Uh oh yeah. Lots of sushi. Are you still doing the highballs at home now, boys? Adam's been doing yeah, I have yeah, to, I have I've to get back of, on that train. I've kind of kept it running. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like an easy, light drink, but feels sophisticated because it's a nice whiskey. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. That's how I've justified it at home anyway. So I'm running yeah. with that. That makes sense. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, we met a guy. Uh, Mr. Bird is his name. He was great. But sure. he had a unique recipe to making the highball. I'm forgetting because it was it was ridiculous. You want to share that in the in the episode notes? Yeah, I think I'll put in the notes. But yeah. I want some. There was a. It was, uh, it was like stirred, not shaken. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah like a notes. twenty twenty <laughs> five stirs to the right, eight yeah. stirs to the left. It was like cracking a safe or something. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Sounds awesome. But he was a funny dude. So yeah, so we'll have to go back to Japan. Sounds like it. I would love to play some golf over there mm-hmm. and get some of the stuff that you took. Some great photos of some of those stores. Yeah, the stores are cool. Yeah, right. Everything over there, I'm like a 4X in Japan size. So <laughs> I just, I did point to I'm like, do you have this in a bigger size? And she's like, hold please. So yeah, we'll have to go back. Uh, any plans for the rest of the year, guys? What are you guys up to for the, for the fall? I know, Adam, you're going back to Australia, all right? Yeah, I'm going back to Australia for the first time in two and a half years. Oh my uh, God. Wow. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. And... I'm going straight back in to play the Australian PGA and the Australian Open. So that's going to be fun. And that kind of rounds out my golfing calendar for the year. That finishes the first week of December. And uh, then I get to, I'm going to stay home until kind of the start of February and enjoy being home for a little bit um, no. with the family nice. and see some family and friends that I haven't seen in a long time. So, yeah, I mean, that's an exciting finish to the year for me. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting back home. So no, you're skipping winter. No snow this year. No it's, snow it's summer this year. in Australia. I'm, uh, can't Fantastic. say I'm disappointed about that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What are you guys up to, Eric? I'm going to be watching Adam play the PGA. <laughs> on <Aussie> PGA. <laughs> um, you know, this, I think, fall golf, I enjoy winding down, but I'll probably join a, one of the indoor leagues here in the city just to kind of keep swinging yeah. but um for me the break is is kind of nice as long as i keep the putting mat in the basement uh, but yeah other than that it'd be it'd come january february play some play some golf down in florida mm-hmm. maybe south carolina if it's warm enough and any days that are warm enough to you know throw the sunday bag on the shoulder and walk around for sure uh, up here we absolutely will do that but uh but yeah it'll be i enjoy a good break i mean we don't play as much as you guys but Sometimes I, I like that coming back fresh and you just 
you don't have any of those bad swing thoughts. And I know we didn't release my episode of Swing Thoughts because it was just a test, but <laughs> I've got a lot of swing thoughts. <laughs> so I got to get rid of them. <laughs> Guys, we do have, just for the deep cut listeners, we do have deep cut archive swing thoughts pilots <laughs> with all of us where adam that, recommended i find a couch to sit on to talk about all of the issues <laughs> <laughs> one day we'll release them uh ben how are you i, I didn't ever think that was going to be released <laughs> yeah. hopefully it never will yeah, yeah. Agreed. <laughs> agreed they're on my laptop they're great uh no I'm, I'm just here working with you guys for for the balance of the year you know i think fair game is really starting to, to catch on golf magazine was nice enough to name us uh, one of the best apps out there for for the year which is amazing and then andrew you just did a great spot on the golf channel and it, it feels mm-hmm. like you know we have something here and i think like as an entrepreneur there's nothing more exciting than other people appreciating what what you've all built and i think you know we've got obviously an amazing team so i think i'm just excited to finish out the year strong and keep on working for for new stuff for for next season really yeah it's gonna be exciting i need to go practice my hole outs can i do that in a simulator <laughs> we can do a hole out mode i'm sure we'll call track man if, if they don't have that mode yet yeah no. that that's my goal for december only just try to get hole outs right <laughs> hole out number what is the one that you haven't done at sleepy maybe i'll start there hole three which is a uh like we said earlier, 175 yardish, okay. depending on the wind. All right. I mean, everyone says it's the easiest one. So if we can find it on a simulator, I would love to practice all winter. Too. Hard eight, soft seven. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to go five iron, <laughs> sleepy hollow. What is the hole again? Three. Hole three. And just leave it there for like four hours until I just get, drain it. That's it. Easy. Right. I might have to do it on PGA 2K23. I don't think it's on there. So you just got to practice with a thumb. But Done. I'll do that. My chances are probably better with the thumb yeah. versus the full swing. Who who will have more hole in ones next year? Mm, excellent question. I'm gonna go with Adam on this one. Probably Adam. Yeah. <laughs> well, it won't be for lack of trying, but you know, I think um, Eric's been on a run. Ben, Ben, and Andrew, the whole yeah, we're, we're due. We yeah, are due. We yeah. are due. It's yeah. time. Send the mojo over. Yeah, I think there's going to be some really fun stuff coming on Fair Game now. You know, we're we're out there and uh, we've. We're just teasing the folks at the moment. So, That's right. Uh, the next six, seven, eight months is really exciting. And, uh, you know, I've certainly enjoyed seeing you guys play, some other friends of mine play. I've, in, I've enjoyed looking up some of the courses that I don't know, uh, that I see some other people that I follow play. And uh, I think there are a couple courses out there that I'm looking forward to playing into the new year. And... Uh, one is kind of a cool little track down in Palm Beach called The Park at West Palm Golf Park. And I think uh, for anyone listening out there, that might be have to go on your list next year in the spring when it opens. Yeah, we're very excited about that. It's, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of folks I feel like in golf have been talking about, um, you know, if only courses would change the routing so you could play it quicker or if you wanted to play in different ways. And it really looks like, you know, from the outside looking in, that that's something that Gil and and everybody did with the design of the course, three hole, six hole, nine hole loops. Uh, you yeah. know, I think that'll be super fun that's and awesome. hopefully very uh, oh, impactful yeah. on the entire game. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks for the time. That was fun. We need to do these things more often. It's great to get together. I know. I agree. But next time, you know, not at 10 in the morning so we can have highballs. That's also true. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We'll get Mr. Bird to come and stir up a couple highballs for us. Yeah. <laughs> next episode in Tokyo. Done and done. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fair Game Podcast. If you haven't already, you can hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever service you may be using. 
We've also launched the Fair Game app, golf's first digital clubhouse, the place to play your game and connect with golfers across the country. You can find it in the App Store or on Google Play. You can also find us on Instagram at Fair Game Golf and check out some of our original videos on our YouTube page. You can find all these links in the podcast episode details. We'll see you next time.